Back the Girls podcast. Yes, we may be a little bit down in the dumps this week because Wales are no longer part of the Rugby World Cup, but we'll dissect the game, New Zealand versus Wales, look ahead to the future and introduce a very, very special surprise guest. Wales are officially out of the 2021 World Cup. Um, how are we feeling, girls? I want to talk about the World Cup as a whole for us. But, um, you know, what was your thoughts on on this game, Tails? Nice to have you back, by the way. Nice to have you turn up. I know. We had huge concern over where, where Tails had gone. Was it a permanent thing? I was like, oh, God, no. She signed up for the next three years. <laughs> but I didn't get the... Um... When I didn't get the words in, I thought you were never going to let me back on anyway. <laughs> no, you did let us down. You had four matches to get set terms into commentary, not one of them. You couldn't even do a bit of promotion and get back the girls in. I almost, I almost thought about getting bang bang in. <laughs> that would have made my life. <laughs> I just couldn't do it. Just look out for the future, you know. When it's when this one's died down, I'll I'll work on it. It was sort of tough to watch in some ways, wasn't it? Um, I guess just like completely, if I'm being honest, they just completely outclassed and out, outplayed us um, in pretty much every area of the game. Sorry, Tails, I am listening, but I have to stop you because people might be able to hear a little bit of gurgling in the background. Lori is currently bottle feeding and birthing the baby on her lap. It's the most adorable thing. And I can't concentrate on what you're saying. He is going out five minutes. Jordy's just fussing with the tumble dry. I can't believe she's switching it on. My cost of living crisis anxiety is through the roof here. <laughs> but anyway, right, he's gone. You've got he's all gone. my attention. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Dale. Back to you. It was hard watch. It was a hard watch. Geez, like you can't you can't take away their their heart and their endeavour to keep going and they tried to ruffle their feathers, but I just don't think it worked. But yeah, unfortunately, heart doesn't win you um, World Cup quarterfinals, does it? You were pretty close with the score lows. You said it'd be similar to the first game and you were only a couple of points off. So Yeah, I think deep down it was expected. That's the way it was always going to go. But you do get lost in it sometimes. You know, uh, scrolling through Twitter before game and you put something to the effect of, Fluff it. I call Wales by 20. I was like, ah, yeah, they couldn't do it, you know. <laughs> no, we full well. I've been seeing all this time. Oh, no, we're nowhere near New Zealand at this current point, isn't it? But you do, you just you just want to get behind them, isn't it? And there's elements of the game that, you know, individually, some people did mark up and things. Well, Ruby Tui said herself that she took some immense hits out there so she definitely felt the effect of the game but um yeah it, it was a it, it was a tall ask and I think it does kind of show where we are at the moment but like I said I tweeted after saying where are we now getting out the gate so it just needs further investment from the WRU and um age grade and whatever so you know I'm looking forward to see what comes next. Mm. Three years till the next World Cup, so it's a shorter window. Um, there's something has to change, doesn't it? Uh, 
you know, I looked at the 2017 squad. Somebody did a throwback on Twitter. I looked at that squad. And I fear that we got less depth now than we did then. And somebody mentioned, um, I know we're drifting off the game a bit here, but somebody mentioned like, how many retirements will there be after this World Cup? And nobody's come out yet and retired, you know, officially. We don't know any official retirements. As far as we know, it's still the full squad moving forward. But um, for me, it comes down to the depth. If we lose players, then we are really, really struggling. Well, it's not just that. It's managing the players we've got as well because some are high-risk injury players, aren't they? So, And I think maybe that last game against New Zealand was maybe one game too far if you look at how many players were injured in the game um, and seriously injured um, in that sense as well. They wouldn't have been able to continue in the tournament had we moved for You can hear him in the background, can you? He's camping, is he? The tamping yeah. about the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think um, it, it, you're right in what you're saying is we don't have that depth that other squads have at the moment. But this is what I mean about concentrating now at age grade, developing girls, keeping homegrown talent in Wales, creating something that, you know, a competitive league in Wales, or even if they had cross-border, whatever. It's an opportunity now, knowing that we still achieve top eight finish. Um, World Cup is only three years away. I, I think they'd be silly not to invest in something. Mm. We're, we're drifting off this match a little bit. Let me come back to the World Cup for you, Tails. As a coach, I want to know your perspective. Was it a success or was it not? Yeah, I think so. They'd have been like, we well, they and we would have been bitterly disappointed had they not made that that final game, if you like, um, or got out of the pool stages would have been a bigger concern, I think. It's always difficult, isn't it? Because if you're relying on yourself to become that, that third team through, you, the likelihood is you are going to face like really difficult opposition. Um, I think like the probably the biggest disappointment of the campaign will have been that Australia game, knowing that we probably could and should have won it. Um, but maybe like, you know, like Lowe says, maybe it's just a little step too far at the moment. You know, you looked at that squad rotation that New Zealand had against, who were they against Scotland, weren't they? And like, so loads of people coming fresh back in against Wales, you know, whereas we'd taken God like 200 plus tackles or whatever and bodies were battered. We just don't have that strength and depth to rotate. But yeah, I think had we not got through to through to the last eight, we'd have been bitterly disappointed. But I think, yeah, it's probably a, a fair reflection, isn't it, of, of where we are right now. And like, you know, the girls had to play super hard and, and give everything in order to get that. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm the same as you. Like, I've got massive concerns around what those next three years look like and how... Like, are we even capable of getting under that, under that eight, seven sort of number because we just don't have the amount of players playing in Wales, you know, and, and being exposed to those sort of levels of rugby. So, yeah, it's a tough one. Mm. But staying with you, Millie, on the coaching thing, so what would the what would the KPI, what's, what's the markers going into this we, we would want to set? Was quarterfinal, did anyone see before tournament started, was quarterfinal like the target? Yeah, I think it had to be, didn't it? Realistically. Because I agree, yeah. Like, I think, it, you know, it, you always knew you, you you were in an emotional arm wrestle against Scotland because of where they'd been, where we'd been, 
it's, it's always close and it has been for like the last few years. I think the, the biggest disappointment for me will be that Australia game because had we had we gone two in the pool, you know, you don't know who you're playing. And like once you, you know, if you chuck in a, a USA or a Canada or an unknown, suddenly things become a little bit more exciting, come knockout rugby. But if you know you're going to be up against a, an England, a France or a, you know, New Zealand, well then... Brighton's pretty much on the wall, really, isn't it? In terms that's, of that's what we want, right? We're a professional outfit now. We've been professional all year. Surely we want to be up against the England, France, and the New Zealand's, and we want to bloody perform. Yeah, but I don't think we learn a lot from getting. Like, I know, like some of the players came out and said, "Oh, there's loads of lessons learned from New Zealand." But for me, like, you need to be you need to be competitive and look back and review and be like, "Oh, yeah, one or two things in a game, like key moments, could have changed something." one or two moments in that game weren't going to change anything. Like it, they're, almost, they're almost too far ahead. Like we want more competitive matches, like probably more games against like the likes of Australia, Scotland, like that level to get better and better and better. And then you can go and sort of have a pop at one of the, one of the top four. Yeah. That's a good, hang on Lowe's. I know you want to come in. That's a good point. I'm going to make you all look back at the season now. I've got all the results in front of me and we're going to talk about how we've progressed this year. So we'll move on from you, Tills. Um, Lowe's, what do, what do you think? Was was the World Cup a success? Did we achieve what we wanted to achieve? It was a success from what they probably put down on paper to what they're coming out with. But to me, where, what the girls were saying in their post-match interviews, it was all right to say at that point in time. I was like, everybody was proud of their performance and they were proud of the girls and they pulled together. However, I think when they go back to review that game, they'll be bitterly disappointed because even though you, they were up against a completely different outfit to the first round against New Zealand, I think they lost the battle in the scrum. Their line-outs were ski-whiff. Um, their one-to-ones... It was patchy. It, it depends. Like I can't say that they definitely came out dominant, and I can't say that they were definitely the underdogs. You know, it, it all depends where they were. They were playing in the wrong um, areas. They're trying to run up to the twenty twos. You, you you can't do that against New Zealand. So I think they tried to change the game plan too much to shock New Zealand, perhaps or just go out with a bang. I honestly don't know what what their intentions were, but they could have managed the game so much better had they just been a bit more careful, I think, um, and in the right areas. You know you've got to narrow your margins down a little. You can't play this expansive game against the likes of New Zealand, England, France. Um, but yeah, you, I mean, you still can't take anything away from them. They came up against New Zealand twice. They yeah. still came top, you know, top eight finished. And, you know, we're getting some good news from it. Johan Cunningham said he's here to stay. Um, they say they've got a... Um, I was going to say psycho then. What do, um, psychology team, what do you call them? Psychologist. Psychologist. That's it. <laughs> they got a psycho team. <laughs> yeah, supporting, and that's, you know, crucial to um, our team because... You are choosing, selecting from such a small pool of girls. The pressure on them to keep performing at a high level is going to be paramount. So to get that off-field support is huge. Um, and, you know, you, you are breeding new girls into it. And like you said earlier, we're not hearing of anyone retiring. And 
with the fact that the next World Cup is only three years away, does that mean we're still going to see girls now, you know, try to stay on? Especially if they are, you know, these contracts are something that's here to stay as well. Do they think they can develop themselves in the next three years as well? Mm. Okay, let's look back at the World Cup in cold, hard stats. I, I know you said earlier, love, that beforehand we're just like, you're just vibing on that pre-match adrenaline and you know there was like a video on social and I was like oh my god yeah we're gonna smash him and, <laughs> and then on the next morning it's like cold hard reality where you just sit there and go oh what could have been but yeah it was New Zealand and it was New Zealand twice but then that frustrates me because we should be up there with New Zealand why aren't we up there with New Zealand um and yeah I've already mentioned it for me it comes down to the amount of players playing Let's look at the cold hard stats of the World Cup. So we beat Scotland 18-15. We lost to New Zealand 12-56. We lost to Australia 7-13. And we lost to New Zealand again 3-55. So Wales scored a total of 40 points at the World Cup. Come back to you with a coach tales. Would that be would that have been a KPI? Like you know, we would we, we want to, I don't know, you've been in this environment. I look at it from a, like a business sense. We, you know, if we're going on a campaign or if we want to achieve something over a short amount of time, we'd have KPIs and we'd like measure ourselves against that. Would that is that something that maybe the coaching team would have put in as a, as a marker? You know, would they have wanted to score more than 40 points in total? Yeah, I think so. And probably even before that tournament as well, like historically we haven't scored loads of points or loads of tries. Like we went through obviously like, you know, harking back to when we played, like it was all around, like we could literally only score through a catch drive at one point. I don't know how many, like all Sean Ed, um, just as a separate entity. Um, But yeah, like I think we've struggled, haven't we? Like historically with that and, there's no doubt, like, you, you're you not going to win. You know, when it comes to elite level, high performance sport like that, like, you you have to play the stat game to a certain degree. Like, you have to play the territory game. You have to play the possession game. You you know, you look at England now, like the Red Roses. Everyone's saying, oh, they're playing boring rugby because it's catch drive. They're going to their strengths. They're, they're not, there's not that much flair. But ultimately, it comes down to winning. Like, no one will care how they played if they win a World Cup. Like, that's that's the difference, and like we like we have to find a way of scoring tries. And I actually thought against New Zealand, uh, I saw like more starters off the back of the scrum that looked a little bit different. Like we we tried to flash down the blind side. We had like a little, it felt like a little bit more creativity. And like you said, Lewis, maybe it was just chucking, you know, the kitchen sink at it and going, well, we haven't done this, so let's just do it. But but like I don't know, like from with my coaching hat on, like if you live in fear and you never go there, you're never going to do it in a game. Like like they have to get they have to get comfortable playing that that way of rugby. And maybe it's just because it's the way we've always been is that we we're sort of I don't know. It's one of them, and it's like if you don't have a lot of possession, and you don't have a lot of territory. When you get the ball, your mentality shifts to looking after it rather than gambling to try and score a try. And I think somewhere we have to change that psyche of what kind of team we want to be. Um, but we're currently a team that scores on average 10 points a match in World Cup. Yeah. For me, that's that's a work on for sure, right, coming out of this. And I can't imagine that the coaches would have been, you know, wanting to achieve that. I think that's an underperformance on our part because we've got the talent there. 
we should be looking to score more than an average 10 points a match. I think I think we're just very raw at the moment. So we've had our contracts, we've developed the team. So we've had to look at your quick fixes first. So your fitness, your nutrition, the coaching um, setup behind it. So you know all that had to be developed before going into the tournament. Whereas other teams, they would have already had that. Um, so before you can look at your game plans, your attack structures, your defensive structures, we've had to do a lot of like backroom work. Um, to try and catch up with a level that's already expected by any team to get to a World Cup. So if you if you time frame it rather than what's expected of a team and how they should perform in a tournament, I think we're there thereabouts. It's just given us so coming to the next World Cup and they perform like they have in this one and they score as little as they have in this one. I think we could we could throw the kitchen sink at them then and say it's just not good enough. And then you would question why are we investing into a team that's just not turning out performances, isn't it? But mm. it is still very new if you look you know, to the context of where they've come from. Um, and as well, they've not actually had that many competitive games um, to look at it. But the attack in focus for me is a worry because it didn't look like we had a clue. Whereas yeah. defensively, it was brilliant, I thought, especially in some areas, even coming away with a defeat of 55-3, their defence was outstanding. Mm. Any other defence tales? Happy with that? Yeah, I don't know. Like, for, I'd, I'd flip it in some ways, because if you look at the Black Ferns, they haven't had the same kind of prep either or the same kind of timeline in terms of where what you fix first. But they've just played to their strengths and their like what they love to do and where they're happy playing. And I think that's made a difference because like they've literally got better game by game in this tournament. They haven't turned up ready for this tournament, like at all. Like they had a shocking trip over here, didn't they? Shocking mm. trip to France. Like, and they pressed the restart button. So I don't think we're like, I don't know, like you can blame time to a certain degree, can't you? But then when other teams do it in the same time frame. It's quite hard to use that as an excuse anymore. So I think like maybe we're just, our attack just isn't suited to what skill set we've got. And like, maybe we need to change that, like rather than be something that we're not. Um, yeah. So you say New Zealand play to their strengths. So what's the Welsh strengths we should be playing towards? Well, I think we have to like, you have to look at people that we've got on that team, you know, people who are like elusive elusive runners or strong ball carriers. Like we just need to, we need to find what works for us. And I think we've always probably in the past tried to, tried to play to a, a, a format or a, a, like a shape or a whatever it be, but it hasn't got the best out of us. And I don't know if, if this has either, like, I feel like we barely saw, you know, Sean Ed off the back of a scrum, uh, like fairly infrequently considering like you can probably crash up a center with her at the same time or we didn't really see much of you know Joyce or or Powell like with ball in hand and in the spaces I just I don't know like for me we just it's not we've got everything there but we, we're not showing it it's like we're not showing our hand um defensively I, I like I sort of disagree a little bit with you Lowe's I think like physically and for heart, I would not. I would not say anything like negative. Those players literally put their heart on their sleeve and gave every ounce 
that they could have given. Like I would never take that away from them. Even like, even when one's playing on with injury, like it was like really like proud moment for them just to stay in the, stay in the fight. But like, uh, what was it? Like 778 meters carried from New Zealand, 140 carries over the gain line. So they're not dominant tackles. They bet they 48 defenders beaten. Like it's not, it's not pretty reading from a, from that point of view, but I mean, you know, you can blame physicality or, or size or whatever you want, but something's, something's clearly off if, if those are the defensive stats coming back. Yeah, but had they not worked on their fitness, they would have lost against Scotland because the last 10 minutes they dug in. The defeat against Australia would have been so much more because they wouldn't have been anywhere near the game after 60 minutes if it we're looking at Wales of old. And so I, I do think we've concentrated on the right areas, but I, I'm with you. I'm not denying that, you know, it's, it's not nice to watch sometimes, but... I think the Welsh defence will be spoken about quite positively based on how little we attacked. Yeah. And I think you I think you spot on, like for the criticism that they came under, wasn't it? Originally it was all around, they're not fit enough, they're not in shape. Um, and like obviously our kicking game took a massive like hit in terms of scrutiny as well, didn't it? But those two yeah. bits, you 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 know, you could go, yeah, fair away, they've gone uh, fair enough, like they've gone away, they've worked on it. And and both areas of those are better. And I think that's probably like what all you can all you can probably ask for is that it gets better all the time, right? So like it's better than the last time they turned out. You'd hope that the next six nations will be better than what we've seen in this tournament. All right. So I don't I don't feel like we're convincing you here, Jem. <laughs> you know, like coming in with a positive, well, not positivity, but like challenging, but saying like we've got to take the little wins. And your face is like, mm. no. No, I'm just, I got all the stats in front of me and I'm just thinking which ones I can drop in. That's all. Uh, that's my concentration face, Rachel Taylor. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. I 100% agree with you, Laurie. This is the fittest team we've ever seen and we would have fallen away had we not had the time together. And that's really, really positive. And likewise, girls, you cannot take the heart and the passion away from these girls. And I think... You know, with a bit of work to do, we, we couldn't, we will be better again for the Six Nations and then we will be better again after that. So we weren't the only team to play on the weekend, though. Um, Canada beat the USA 32-11. England beat Australia 41-5. And France beat Italy 39-3. They are some big scores for a quarterfinal, and they if you add our game in as well. So that's yeah. given us our semis. Um, so let's look forward a little bit. Um, we're not going to go into too much depth because we're sulking that we're not involved. So just very quickly, have your thoughts over the semis. So we got um, England, Canada. What can we expect from that? Well, I think it's going to be a hell of a contest, but I do still think England will dominate in pretty much every area. You've got some individual players um, with Canada um, who you know can disrupt the game massively, but. I just think England are on that trajectory now. Is that a word? Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure they're on a trajectory. I think they they are peaked, and they they are like they got threats all over the field. Yeah. Um, and they they line out and they they you know it's, it's just a, a weapon, isn't it, to launch something from their scrum as well. 
So I'm with you. It's an England win for me. What do you think, Tails? Yeah, I think both teams weirdly play quite similar, don't they? But for me, England probably just do it better. Um, mm. But yeah, I think it's probably going to be a bit of a game for the purist. I think there'll be a lot of a lot of catch drive action, uh, yeah. a lot of strong carry stuff. Um, I don't think they'll break too much away from that. But yeah, I've I've enjoyed watching some of the some of the Canadian stuff. I think they're they're obviously building, but like I don't see them having anything else in the locker. Do you know what I mean? I think I think we've seen seen what they can do, and I don't think they'll massively change for England. Um, so yeah, like England win for me that one. Okay, and then um, France face New Zealand. Oh, look, I'm gutted. I wanted France to be in the final, so I'm a little bit annoyed it's fallen this way because I think it had France had another go against England, I think it could have been squeaky bum time there um, mm. or even Canada or whatever. Um, but I do see New Zealand being in the final. I see New Zealand perhaps taking it because it's a home World Cup, even though England are the favourite. Yeah, I'm kind of on the same foot. When when New Zealand come up and had a really awful tour, and then went back and said, you know, we're going to look at things, we're going to change things, and it was all this like talk. I put then a cheeky turner on New Zealand to win the World Cup because like, they're home, they're hurting, <laughs> they're going to bounce back from this. So I'm with you on that. Um, I can't see France beating New Zealand in in the semi, but no. it, it could be potentially the closest game that New Zealand have, for sure. And that's the nature of a World Cup, right? They get harder as they go along, so that's not rocket science. What do you think, Tails? <laughs> I was about to say, that's generally what happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, although saying that, like, and you said around the big scores before, it does show a massive, there's a massive gap, isn't there, between, like, these yeah. guys and the rest at the moment. Like, you're, you're talking a huge amount of time um, and, like, development to... to close that gap but yeah I think New Zealand France like it's going to be so cool I thought it was 7 30 and then I realized when the clocks went back it's actually 6 30 I was like oh, come on <laughs> um, but yeah definitely one like if you enjoy watching rugby like get up and watch that whether it's like men's rugby or women's rugby because it'll be an absolutely great game I think um like two totally different styles but if New Zealand suck France into the crazy rugby like they did with with Wales like I'd take New Zealand on it. If France can stay to their to their sort of their structure and their game plan, like I wouldn't be surprised. But like we've seen some big, big personnel go from France, haven't we? And I think that'll be a massive point, um, like point of difference now, sadly. Um, but yeah, I think the way the way things are going in New Zealand, and like you said, Jem. That there seems to be something happening, like stars are aligning or something for New Zealand Blackburn's team at the moment. I I'd be I think I'd be a little bit gutted if they didn't make a final. Having said that, I'm the same as you, Lowe's. Like I actually thought France would be tipped to to potentially like be the only team to really upset England. Um yeah. so I'll be a little yeah, either way, I'm gutted that what like one of them has to lose, like not be in the final. So who's in the final for you then, Tails? Uh, I think with the injuries to to France, I'd probably go um, New Zealand, England. And then who takes that? Um, if I'm going, if I'm being boring and I'm going on like everything else, uh, stats and I don't even know what running, winning streak they're on at the moment, but probably England. Yeah. 
You're getting better of coming off the fence, mate, and actually making a call. I'm trying, because I let you down last week, so I'm trying to be better. Oh, okay. <laughs> Laurie, what did you say? Did you say New England in the end or New Zealand? Yeah, New Zealand, England, and I want New Zealand to win. Okay. <laughs> I was about to say, I know this is a really pivotal conversation, but are you knitting? No, I'm playing with the, the gloves <laughs> with the, the pumpkin earlier. So... <laughs> Sorry. I thought she was writing all in notes out. I thought we just lost her to like, like rhythmic knitting for a second. <laughs> it's from interrupting you both all the time because <laughs> I'm concentrating on this instead. <laughs> no! <laughs> ah, hello. How are you? Good. Yeah. Right. I'm so glad oh, we've been record. Yeah, I've been on Cardiff. I've been down in Cardiff, so uh, I thought, oh, I'll just pop, pop over to see Laurie before I go back to Phil. I'm way closer to Cardiff than Laurie is. Yeah, well... They eat them in the front row group. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a bit awkward. Sorry, Hallett, sorry. But front row pretty, front row pretty. Ah, yeah. so while we got you, um, let's capture what you thought of the Welsh game on weekend. Okay, uh, I actually watched this one. I actually got up and watched it. It's a good start. Um, you lot. Oh, in my defence, I haven't got up with the others, so I've been refereeing on the Saturday, so I can't go on the pitch tired. And I'm always tired on my tired tail, so, do you mean, I need, I need my sleep. Um, I thought, I really enjoyed it, to be honest. Um, oh, was I not meant to say that? Um, yeah. yeah. I thought Wales did really well, um, but New Zealand are just a different class. Do you know I mean they're physically like stronger, fitter, more skillful? But I thought Wales put up a good fight. Uh, I disagreed, and I messaged Louis on this on the referee's um, penalty at the scrum. I was like, wrong way, wrong way. What's this now from the last episode? No, uh, so no. Um, she gave a penalty to New Zealand. For was it Donna Rose Clapson? Yeah, against Wales, yeah. Um, but it was New Zealand's prop boring in, or did you say oh, no, they were they were all driving up. Yeah. And I think I'd have pinged the New Zealand one a couple of times as well, because she was boring in. But she did get better as the game went on. Hmm. See, I think more referees should be from the front row area rather than pretty pretty princesses in the backs. <laughs> <laughs> on on that note, then, Treeks, with the next World Cup, what, three years away, as Gemma's already highlighted, uh, are you going to be in that one reffing or what? If I'm good enough, maybe. I, that's not my call. Oh, imagine the tour we'll put on then. I hope it's called the tour because I'm not just England. Oh, yeah, brilliant. Oh, we'll all be there. <laughs> I got no idea. I don't know what uh, the WWE got planned for me. What I can tell you is, it's not sevens. Because, <laughs> and I've been told that in the nicest possible way. Apart from your fitness test, yeah. <laughs> hey, I did the Bronco the other day. Guess what score I had? Six thirty. Five forty-two. Woo! You fast streaks. Tell me, I was like, shit. Is my clock working? I mean, somebody else had time me as well. And he's like, yeah, yeah. Wow. Do you want to explain, Tails? What? The Bronco test. 
Um, I'm sure people love to hear this. <laughs> it says 20 out and back, 40 out and back, 60 out and back, and you do it five times. And then throw up. Yeah. I would have been five minutes, 40 something, 542. Oh, fair play. First time I did it uh, in June, July, I did it in 604. Oh, I'm sorry, Trish. Uh, I, I was thinking. I had, I had a few drinks before that one. <laughs> I was going to say, me and Hannah will finish on three minutes with a beer in hand. <laughs> to, be, to be fair, I think this is the best fitness test I've done because once you finished it, it's done. It's not like beep, beep. Do you mean? Like I've done the 30-15 and the yo-yo and the beat yeah. test. This is by far my favourite because the quicker you go through it, the quicker it's ended. Do you know what? Tricks, you're making my hands sweat. Yeah. And, oh. and the fifth you are, the quick you finish it, so then you can watch the other unfit ones keep going, going, yay, keep going. Whereas with the others, the unfit the people are out first, and then you're cheering on the really fit people. So I like it's reversed. Oh, no, I wasn't cheering anyone um, when I finished. I was wheezing and going sick <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> anyway, should we, should we round it up? Yeah, it's, it's just trickle staying on. We'll have your thoughts. Oh, we're only talking about shrugging. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so we've already done uh, the micro. We, just to let people know, it's Sunday afternoon, so if there aren't any clubs playing, they're playing right now, so good luck to you. So we don't have any results to share, but um, hopefully everybody got their game on. Weather's a bit crappy today. So best of luck to all the clubs today and follow along on Twitter and All Sports Wales for the results there. But uh, we've looked at the macro, on the micro, the World Cup, but let's look at the macro now. Just to wrap up, let's look back at Wales this season. Um, really promising news. We knew that Johan Cunningham was going to stay before the World Cup. He's just confirmed it. We've never had that kind of stability. So for the first time ever, when we say coming out of the championship, oh, you know, we can build on this now. For the first time ever, we can actually build on it. So this is the foundation year as far as I'm concerned. And I'll just review the results quickly for you. So remember that game out in Ireland? We were there when Wales beat Ireland 27-19. First game of the season under the new regime, so to speak. Uh, then we beat Scotland. So we went two on a bounce, 24-19 in Cardiff. Then we went away to England and we had that big loss, 58-5. Then we lost to France down at Cardiff. Remember that Friday Night Lights? Um, 33 to 5 and then we lost to Italy and I was a getting one wasn't it we lost in the last round of the Six Nations 10-8 down at Cardiff Farms Park so we had all the you know we're just starting our journey kind of talk then and loads more to come from us we had two friendlies before the World Cup um, we lost to Canada 31-3 and we lost to England 73-7 before we went into the World Cup and Obviously, we've talked the results there. So we had five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven matches this year under the new regime, the foundation of the new regime. Um, just quickly, what's, what's your view of the season we've had? Promising, maybe a little bit disappointing based on, you know, we've been together through all of that. We've, we've had contracts. Could we have asked for more? Did we get above? What we needed. What's your I think, I think the off-field stuff has been promising. So what's happening in the background with the contracts, retaining girls, making sure that there is um, a journey for them to go on has been good. But the results on paper 
don't necessarily back it up yet, but that'll come, I think. So we just need to make sure that beyond the Six Nations, they've got another opportunity again then for some competitive games. It doesn't just stop one tournament a year, you know? What do you think, Tails? On the macro level, probably coaching head on, um, how's this season been based on those 11 games? Yeah, you'd be disappointed, wouldn't you? Only winning three. Um, of course you would. Like when you look at that, like it probably gives you an indication of the reality of it, doesn't it? But I think Six Nations wise, like you said, to get two wins, especially like two back-to-back wins was huge, wasn't it really? Um, for us, I think probably targets in terms of moving forward. Like if we can get, if we can get three out of those five, um, you know, start targeting that Italy game. It's not a million miles away. It's a close score. It's definitely doable. Um, you know, then and then, you know, like we've said, it's going to be a massive build and a progression before we start to even get close to England and France. Um, like the the friendlies, I don't know for me, like different, like that's two really difficult friendlies. I think the, the Canada trip away probably had its benefits around team building and cohesion and getting like people through, but ultimately, like it was one fixture in the time that they were out there. And then to play England beforehand, I've got no idea. God knows why you would choose to do that. Um, I'd have picked somebody far closer to sort of prep you a little bit more comfortably for the Scotland game. And then obviously only beating Scotland at the World Cup is, you know, it's disappointing. Um, but that's, it's part of where they've got, like that journey is going to be. Like they have to put themselves against those close competitions. Like I said before, you want to be playing teams like Australia more frequently, USA more frequently, Canada more frequently. You know, if you've got anywhere within that sort of 30 point gap, if you like, or 20 point gap, if you think of what we're scoring is competitive and we can learn from it when it gets to like 40, 50, 60 points for me, it's like, it's just a tough day at the office, really. I'm not sure you can take a lot from those. Pico, what do you think? Probably more of a, from a discipline point of view from you, being a an almost international referee. <laughs> I'm nowhere near that, so <laughs> please don't say it. Um, I think uh, I think we're going in the right directions. Uh, I've been in the band today of the under twenties, um, so just seeing that there's an under eighteens and twenties set up, um, and that the women have got contracts. Um, I think this year is just going to be like kind of finding your feet. So I'm excited to see what happens next season and to see. So I think the WU are putting stuff in place now. I think it's down to the girls because I know if I was their age many years ago and somebody had given me a contract, I would be beast in my gut. So I'd be making sure I'm eating the correct thing, the correct thing, the correct food (laughs) that I'm in the gym doing all my conditioning sessions. I'm doing skill sessions on how to scrum, uh, improving my lifting, and, you know, doing all the other things outside that that they can do rather than, do, like, relying on coaches and stuff. So I think a lot of girls need to start putting their hands up and, and working on what an, an athlete should bring to the table because the WIU are bringing stuff to the table it's up to them now to match it that's my personal view okay uh, it won't shock you that I'm going to go uh, an opposite view of that I think no, um, I think all props not just saying now 542 is the gold to be <laughs> <laughs> like I'm old enough 
to be some of the mothers and I can get 5.42. So if any props gets below 5.42 in Tasha prop, then they should be extremely disappointed in themselves. <laughs> That's a perfect segue for me because I was going to go the opposite to you. You said it's the girls and who do the work and the WRU you put in there. I think it's the other way around. I think we've got 40 girls, right, that are putting in the work, but we've only got 40 girls. And then when you mention there's some shortages that are in the 20s as well, we need we need a Welsh squad to be able to choose the best from 100, 200 girls. If we're going to compete against the likes of France, England and New Zealand and Canada, we need to choose the best from a bigger crop. 100, 200, 300 girls. New Zealand got 27,000 players playing in New Zealand from girls up to women, right? Staying in New Zealand, they're playing against each other. It's competitive. We don't have that in Wales. We're choosing from 40 players that play in England. There's nothing underneath that. So when we talk about, you know, the WRE, for me, success on the macro now comes from the WRU following through and providing depth behind all these positions. So, you know, I think the girls are working as hard as they can. We've got to, we've got to push these girls. We've got to find better girls and we've got to find more talent. We've got to build more talent. Before um, we go any further, are you practicing your business plan with us? Or because I've only heard KPIs, micros, macros. <laughs> no, but I have been I have been massively overworked this week. So it's probably all just coming out in this conversation as well. But uh yeah, just shoot me down loads. That's not a problem, mate. <laughs> I didn't say on Thursday's pod was that you do um deserve a huge congratulations for what you're doing personally, don't you? Business side. So it's just about making sure that you put enough hours in now and you don't um, <laughs> slack off and you take ownership on your own. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're giving me all you would lingo from work now, are you? <laughs> are you HRing me? <laughs> yeah. Yes, thank you very much. Actually, the reason I'm not in New Zealand for the World Cup is that we won an innovation fund to go and build the next part of our business. So it's like... It's massive, it's huge validation. Um, hopefully gonna change a lot of young lives and build uh, a tech project that just doesn't exist. So yeah, run off my feet. KPIs are up but through the roof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So right off yeah. track now. I don't know where we are. So what's our hopes for the future? Um we just covered that, right? Well, one thing I would like to say is we finally got to see Katie playing and I know she did um, spend 10 minutes of it sitting down. She first kick restart, perfect, put the ball where it needs to be. Second kick was 50-22, perfect, put us in an attacking position. Third kick, well it down and New Zealand had to create from their try line. So it shows that we do have talent. It's just putting the trust in these players that to, to actually play. So for me, it's a foundation year and we've got that continuity going forward. It's an exciting three years now. So um, just want to put some thanks out to, um, we've got some new listeners, some new followers on social. Uh, there's been lots of engagement over this World Cup, lots of messages, lots of new people that are kind of jumped on the back of the girls' bandwagon. So thank you all very much for tuning in for this uh, season. I do have to say thanks to my tennis girls because I go down there and they ask me, oh, what's this I heard about the WRU? What's this I heard about the girls? And I said, oh, don't start. Let me tell you what's actually happening. Um, 
So they've all been listening to the podcast and uh, Joe and Linda particularly have listened from the beginning. So they're well and truly up to date. So we've got some new fans from the tennis club. And uh, Tails? Is this like when you tried to get me to put some name dropping into commentary? Is this you name dropping your mates on the board? (laughs) (laughs) Did they set you up for this? Yeah. Yeah. That's a fail then, if you know. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah. Obvious. Yeah, they would appreciate the shout out, they said. So there we go. (laughs) So we're going to wrap up and we're going to join... We're going to come back together in time for the Six Nations and we'll be down at the Cardiff Farms Park for the 25th of March when Wales open the Six Nations against Ireland. The second week, this is a shout out for our listeners now, the second week is Scotland away and we're going to do a watch party. So if there's any club that would like to host us on the second Saturday of the Women's Six Nations, it's an evening kickoff, a five o'clock-ish. So we'll come down We'll try and bring treacle as well and a few others. We'll come down, uh, we'll spend some time in the club and then we'll watch the game and, and have a good crack. So if anybody wants to host the Back of the Girls podcast, Tails, I imagine you'll be in the studio, right? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's happening next week, let alone that far ahead me. <laughs> well, they don't need you now, right? Yeah, I'm out. You're gone now. Cool. Treacle, will you come down for the Six Nations, please? <laughs> I will try my best to. I'm it. Should be the fourth <laughs> official. Oh yeah, yeah. She'll be busy again. Thank you very much, girls. Thank Bye. you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.